This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is... Some, some people, people are, are just, just good, good on, on paper. paper. Yeah. Some hey, people. We were very in sync. Were we? <laughs> no. No, not at all. Some people are good on paper and they're not good in person. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. We are. Also on the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, seven things you didn't know about spanking therapy, and a hotel where neighbors can see guests having sex. People are mad about that. We are also going to dive into the mailbox to answer your listener questions. But first, Angela, just you and I this week, what is going on? Um, well, you know, all the weddings I seem to go to are, are never just normal standard weddings. You've been going to a lot of weddings lately. I don't know what I'm doing wrong that I'm... I, I, I haven't been getting invited to a lot of weddings. Well, I have been. Yeah, and you just have. So blessed. Um, so I went to one yesterday that was a Quaker style ceremony, which I had never experienced before. Have you ever? Do you know what that is? No. Okay, so it's the, they. They're not Quakers. Um, they're just right. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people are Quakers. I don't know, uh, but they I like think of the Quakers style. Is like the witch era era. Yeah, or like Quaker oats, like the guy in the big hat. Yeah, but now I'm sure you know. There's Quakers, but out they're there. not Quakers. They just wanted a Quaker style wedding, right? Which they explained at the top of the ceremony is um, they basically open up the floor to everyone, and anybody is allowed to take the microphone and say something. They can either like give advice on love and marriage. Okay, I hate this already. <laughs> Audience participation. <laughs> there was one person at our wedding. He was like an older gentleman who grabbed who I've never met, and he grabbed the microphone. He was like so inspired, even though he'd never met the bride. And was inspired to give like a speech at our wedding. I couldn't understand any of it. It was incomprehensible. And like, so needless to say, like rando speaking at a wedding is like not my thing. And that's what I was like, okay, so if I ever considered doing something like this, that's exactly what would happen to me because I'm pretty positive. No one in my family would want to do it. None of my friends would want to do it. They would all just sit there silently and it would be some random ass person giving me advice and that would be my memory of my wedding, yeah. which I wouldn't want. And like um, a wedding is really like, is that the time to get advice? Like, no, if you want <laughs> advice, know. like go to people one-on-one and be like, hey, so you've like been married for like, you know, 50 years. Like, what's your secret? What are, like, there's certain people you want advice from and certain people you like, you know, you, you're not the type of person to right, give advice. Right. So, but I mean, I like the idea because I like that it's like, you know, like the, our community is important to us and like we want to hear from our loved ones. And it was also like some people got up and told like a story about the couple and I like that. Um, but <laughs> what was really funny was when they announced that they were going to do this at the wedding, I was like, huh. Well, they must have like put some plants in the audience, you know, or whatever you call. It. I'm calling it audience, but you know the, the like like yeah. like on SNL where right. they're like, oh, is there someone in the audience? And like, and then like uh, Bobby Moynihan stands up, and right? Like, okay, exactly. Like they must have felt confident that people were going to speak, and it was dead silent, and it was pretty awkward because not a lot of people wanted to do it, and it was the kind of thing where shocker. I think they had a couple plants, so the plants went right away. So like the first two people gave really good speeches and but then of course after they give like these rehearsed speeches no one's gonna try to follow that up unless i guess you should have invited this older man that was at my (laughs) wedding to that wedding he's a great improviser 
Unless, unless no, he was prepared. He was, Maybe he was a Quaker and he prepared something ahead of time. I don't know because I couldn't understand any of it because he was so old. He was just, it was a, he was an incomprehensible mumbler. <laughs> and I have like such a pet peeve with mumblers. I'm like, I can't understand what you're saying. Enunciate. Ooh, ooh. I, by the way, I was at your wedding and I, I blocked the memory of this man out. Because it was so bad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope he's not a fan of the podcast. <laughs> I don't think he knows what a podcast is. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So it got to the point where like there were very long, awkward pauses. And the other thing that they, they had announced was they were like, the bride and groom, when they feel that this part of the ceremony is complete, they will they will indicate to us that it's over. So I felt like they just kept like looking around and like they kept being, well, they just wanted it to be over. They just kept being like, okay, I think we can move on. And then like one person would kind of like out oh. of like feeling bad stand up and then like they would finish and they'd be like, all right, let's, let's move on. <laughs> Needless to say, you won't have a Quaker style wedding. Um, probably not. But I like that they tried it. That's cute. Yeah. What's How's it going with you? So I guess it's like also kind of what I'm going through is like the different stages of life after a wedding. So Nick and I are like working on being like fully fleshed adults. Uh, and so we created wills. <gasps> and you're so grown up. You're, I mean, you know, you're about almost the, dead. You're so grown up. You I've you know, I've been thinking a lot about like morbidity. I mean, you know, <laughs> you you were a what do you call it you were a witness i was a witness i signed off well you we were recording a podcast and then i was like hey i need a witness can you be a witness on my will but we needed three people so i was like i let's just go ask our neighbors and nick was like what no that's so weird i'm not gonna like ask our neighbors to be like witnesses on our will i was like no i think they're cool i think they're cool and like sure enough i knock on the door i'm like hey so i have like a really weird question and they were kind of like bracing themselves like (laughs) unsure like what this request was going to be and i was like ah so i have these like documents that i need you and they were like do you need to be a witness on your will i was like yes they're like oh oh yeah yes no problem totally cool come on over you want us to come over there should we come over here and i was like oh they're real adults they have like two kids right i'm like oh when you're like a real adult this is like no big deal but when you're like attempting to be an adult and like do adulty things like signing a will is like is like a big like deal I'm like oh that's probably weird to other people and to them they're like no this is called normal this is called being a responsible person will will happily be a witness to your will but it is still pretty hilarious just because like I feel like in New York especially people don't really talk to their neighbors that much like I don't know the other people in my building and I would be uncomfortable even like asking to borrow like some sugar which I, I feel like is the stereotype of like, I would what you weirdly feel I would weirdly feel uncomfortable asking them for sugar but, them but it's being, okay to sign it's your will okay for them to be a witness of my will because sugar like in New York you know it's an expensive city and all like a grocery store is like it's not like I live in a small town where a grocery store is like a 30 minute drive away like I could walk like two blocks and grab some sugar so they'd be like all right you stingy bitch right right. like go walk two blocks and get yourself some sugar new york is an expensive fucking city and the sugar cost me eight dollars where nebraska would have cost two you know what i mean so yeah i really actually would not ask them for sugar but But i I guess it doesn't cost them anything to witness the signing of your will no not at all but it brought up like questions of morbidity and i learned how different and i how different Nick and I are when it comes to death and dying. Right. Well, most people approach, it's like taboo, death and dying are kind of taboo topics. I know. And it's like all, but like we're all headed there. Right. We should talk about it more. So I'm very like open. I want to talk about it. Nick, like really, he doesn't, but mostly because he like doesn't care. So I'm like, what, what, what would you want me to do? Like with your art when you die? He's like, 
Gaptio. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm like, oh, do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? Like, I, I, I just want to like fulfill his wishes, basically. Right. Like, I mean, I'm praying that I die before him. Like, I'm praying because I don't think I'd be able to like handle. I, I, I don't right. think I would be able to handle it. I'm like, I hope I die before you. I hope I die before you. But anyways, but in case God forbid I don't, knock on wood, I really just want to like fulfill his wishes. And I was like, I was like a funeral. I was like, do you want to be buried or you want to cremate? He's like, up to you. I'm dead. I'm like, what do you <laughs> so want he's me? making it really easy for you. No, it's way harder. It's so much easier if you can just have like, like my mom said, like when her mom died, like she was like, she had already like gone, like it was, this is like, sad but she had like had her kids come over and put like post-it notes on all the things say say oh. like what just because yeah. it would like make it simpler and they like were so communicative and like talked about everything and so it was so easy to fulfill somebody's wishes when like they had already talked about it mm-hmm. i mean i hope i never have to deal with this i hope i die first but uh he had like no i was like what about your writing because he's like an incredible writer and he was like no i don't care i'm dead <laughs> And like for me, I was like very specific. I'm like, okay, so there's like on my hard drive, there's like some pictures of me doing like keg stands in college. (laughs) Delete those, burn them, make sure nobody sees them. I'm glad that that's your top priority. (laughs) (laughs) He was, his thing, he had no priorities. He was saying I had like the wrong priorities, (laughs) but like at least I had. I'm not going to say he's wrong. (laughs) At least I had some. I was like, okay, so my Twitter feed. Feel free to delete that. I have, there's no really like nothing profound on there. You can totally delete my Twitter feed. I was like, oh, I don't know how to feel about like Instagram and Facebook. Like you could probably delete them, but then I don't, I want to exist somewhere. I'm like "Mm, my website. I don't know. Like I was like, I was like, (laughs) keep paying my Squarespace monthly, paying my Squarespace (laughs) monthly. But like also that's like weird because it's very like, it's like a kind of my website for my career, but I don't want to exist nowhere on the internet. I feel like you got to leave your Twitter feed up. If I can have a say in this. But my Twitter feed, I mean, really we've already don't... signed your will, so I guess like it's too late. No, I didn't put this in my will. This was like kind of after that. This is like my my wishes. My Twitter feed, here's the thing. I I don't really put a lot of thought into it. So there's like nothing like beautiful or profound. If people were going to be like later on my grandkids or I mean, I hope I die by the time I have grandkids. Anyways, or whatever, some random stranger. <laughs> but how fun would it be for your grandkids to like scroll all the way back to like 2017 and be like, oh, look at grandma tweeting about stupid pop cultural shit. I guess I just think like if someone wants to get the gist of who Laura Lane was while she was alive, my Twitter feed's not going to be it. I guess I need to create some kind of like maybe Instagram would be like the gist of who I am because I I do Instagram a lot. But I just don't think that my Instagram or Facebook, I just kind of stopped Facebooking like recently. I just want, if someone wants to get the gist of who I was while I was on this planet, I I don't want my kegger pictures to be it. <laughs> I don't want, you know. Listen, if they're going to know you, they have to know all of you. I was like, delete any pictures where I don't look good. And he's like, what are you? I'm not doing. I was like, fine. Just, th- just do that now. Burn my entire hard drive. Burn the entire hard drive. <laughs> I have gone through thinking about when I die. I've like, I've, I've deleted some pictures I don't want anymore. But it was like, man, take- it's going to be super stressful for Nick when you die. It was so take- much social media. He's going to have to hire like a social media expert. It was taking too long. He is. He's going to need to do that. But I was like, I was just like thinking. I was like, okay, so I have this one dress. You can give that to Katie. I have this other dress. You can give that to Nicole. And he's like, Laura, this is not your... I don't think you need to divvy up your clothes yet. You're not dying. So would you like us all to come over with post-it notes? I mean, just just so you know what we would like in the I, event of your untimely demise. I guess. I guess that would be like a good thing. It's a fun theme party. Yeah. <laughs> Post-it note. 
Laura might die party. I know, but I'm, I'm now not. I don't have any diseases. I pray I don't get. I hope I live till I'm like a hundred. You know, I'm trying to follow like the blue zone diet, like Mediterranean diet. And like, I don't know, I do acupuncture. That should help maybe, right? Yeah. I don't know. You'll definitely live longer than me. At no, least. I, I don't, but th- this is how these things go. Like, I'll probably die next week and you'll live to like 135, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Well, I'm kind of like Nick. I don't really have a ton of uh, Requests? preferences post-life. Ian does, though. Really? See, this is so crazy how Ian and I are like the same person <laughs> and you and Nick are the same person. Do you, well, you're not the same person exactly because would you like to know what Ian's request is? Uh, now I'm scared. Um, he found this very specific uh, cookie jar that is a monkey wearing a fez. And he wants that. <laughs> and he, he would like cremated? His, yes, he would like his ashes put in the monkey fez cookie jar and then he would like that kept in our home prominently displayed probably not in the kitchen so that people don't think it's like i don't think i want my like ashes i maybe i would like i don't know like being buried in under the earth i know i'm dead but it's like feels very claustrophobic and bugs and like it's like i hate i hate cemeteries i really don't think i want to be buried in a cemetery they really creep me out but then being cremated like ovens and burning and like it's just all very holocausty to me. Uh, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I don't like that either. <laughs> it's a very dark episode of this is why you're single. <laughs> I'm just talking this shit out. So I but I would maybe like to like spread my ashes like over Greece because I've like really like that place. You should like divide up your ashes though. Like don't you think some of them should be in New York? I don't know. My mom says like when you die, it's just like you want to just do whatever is best for like the living. Like what like so if if I have kids and they would like a cemetery place to like mourn me, then I should do that. I guess I'll just have to ask my yeah, kids. Yeah, but then if you get your ashes spread in Greece, they have an excuse to go to Greece all oh, the time. Oh, that's true. Okay, I'll what, do that. What better gift? I really like this island called Ikaria that I went to recently. Maybe like they, my ashes could get spread in Ikaria. I just don't know. There's a lot to think about, and I don't plan to die anytime soon, but if I do, I want my wishes fulfilled. I'm just figuring out what my wishes are. All right. Well, it's good that you've talked it out here and we've recorded them. So this could be used. Yeah. I want like in the future. My like best friends like Katie, Amanda, <laughs> Maddie, they get all like my clothes and they can like divide them up. Maddie, Maddie Rostein. Okay. As opposed to, yeah, we don't want any other Maddies thinking that they're allowed to get Laura's stuff. <laughs> I have multiple Maddie friends. A lot of my friends don't, they've never met Maddie Rothstein, but I love her. Okay. You ready to talk about what's in the news? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to a lighter subject. Seven things you didn't know about spanking therapy by Gigi Ingle. Oh. In um, Cosmo. And where? In Cosmo. Sexy. Um, so we've talked about spanking therapy before, actually, when Tobley McSmith was on our podcast as a guest, he talked about how he previously was a, a slave to a dominatrix. Right. And like when he would get like whipped, it was like therapeutic for him. Yeah. I am not down with whips, but I <laughs> would love a good spanking. Same. Same. Like I don't really want to get hurt. I don't want to get hurt, but I would love like a hard spanking. I think it's really hot. Have, has Ian ever done that? I mean, like a light tap, you a know. Tap. Yeah. It's been like, but like a tap over jeans, like never like right, a right. sexual, you know, thing. a respectful tap. All right. Maybe we got to let, we got to let a lot, a lot of people need to listen to this podcast. So they know our wishes after death. <laughs> Our wishes while alive. Well, and our wishes while alive. Um, well, I mean, there's a reason that spanking feels good, apparently, and we're going to get into that now with the seven things that I'm going to read to you. Um, but basically, they introed this whole thing by saying that, like, spanking therapy or BDSM therapy um, 
are is more than just a way for people to get off. It's channeling pain into pleasure, and it becomes a therapeutic way for practitioners to lose themselves in the moment. Mm. So the number one thing you didn't know is that uh, apparently people who enjoy being spanked up until recently would have been classified as mentally ill. Oh. Sadomasochism was uh, a mental illness up until the 1980s. I mean, I never said I wasn't mentally ill either. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, they've made it like it was like taboo, but now it's like, you know, we're, we're getting away from the taboo. That's great. I'm kidding. That's great. It's right, great. Right. Um, number two, spanking can be a catalyst for pleasure and excitement. According to an article from the Journal of Nature Reviews Neuroscience, there are more similarities between how our brains process pleasure and pain than we ever knew. See? So like pain can equal pleasure. Right. Because so, like when you get spanked, it increases your adrenaline and endorphins and oxytocin. And it, uh, you push the line between pain and pleasure. Oh, I so like that. That's, there's science behind why it feels good. Um, our friend Nikki Goldstein, who was previously on the podcast, they interviewed her for this article. She's a sexologist. She's a sexologist. And she wrote a book called Single But Dating. And she talked about reason or, or uh, thing you didn't know, number three, that excitement likely stems from a sense of the taboo. Oh, so we like that it's bad. Yes. It feels like naughty and different. Um, and when you're sexually bored, anything that feels out of the ordinary is more exciting. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Number four, control plays a big role in the sexual release of spanking. Um, people like feeling not in control. Mm. Yeah. I, I like that. Well, because you and I are such like strong, powerful women. <laughs> yes, we are. Well, you know, we have like we we're progressive. We we have we have control over our life. We're normal. We're yeah, some might say control freaks. Maybe. We are we're control freaks. So I think we had read this in a study like a long time ago that people that are in such control over their everyday lives like being a little out of control in the bedroom. Yeah, and they like to like be taken control of in the bedroom, sometimes. right? And give it, yeah, the other person has all the control. You like don't have to think about anything. Yeah. Um. So number five, there are many therapeutic benefits to spanking. Um, a, a submissive finds therapy, stress relief, and a sense of calm through the relinquishment of power. Once again control thing. Giving someone total control over you transfers your worries and psychological burdens onto the other person. Mm. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, And finally, number six, some use BDSM and spanking to deal with trauma. There are conflicting thoughts among experts and researchers on whether or not spanking can be used as a true form of therapy, but it can be a coping mechanism for those dealing with trauma. Well, guys, when in doubt, get your spank on. Yeah. See if it helps you. See if you, you like know, it. Can't, can't hurt. I mean, it will hurt, but... <laughs> <laughs> can't hurt. No pun intended. All right. Uh, I've been reading the New York Post. This is an article by Elizabeth Rossner and Ruth Brown. Now, people in the Lower East Side in New York City, there's a public housing building, and they say they've been getting an X-rated eyeful since this new hotel called Public opened next door in June because they have these huge windows that, like, they don't have that, like, black like screen on the front where you like can't see in right they're completely transparent and clear and people are having sex in full view of their homes they say guys are together girls and girls are together they don't pull the shades down fumed leonore fernandez (laughs) who says his grand but this is serious because like she um she said her grandkids visit her at her apartment and like 
you know, and then she's got to put the shades down, but she's got like an air conditioner. So like, what, what's she going to do? She's got all these like people having sex right in front of her. And another another person that lives in the building says, you see them having sex all the time. <laughs> hands on the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, not like I'm a peeping Tom, but from the corner of my eye, you can see this going on four times a week. And then... This is all. This is this is what I don't want to see. Uh, another tenant says he got up and he was standing there masturbating. Oh my god! Yeah. So these like are a, people that like want you to see them. I don't know if they probably. know. I don't know. I mean, I I think when you're in a hotel, I like kind of assume people can't see in, but you you can't assume this much. And this article really related to me because we moved, you know, a few months ago, and we have like these big, large windows and they recently just built an apartment that's like directly in front of ours in front of our bedroom Mm -hmm. and so like if people people haven't moved in yet but there's like workers working in the building and i like to like and like from my toilet if i don't (laughs) close the door there's like a straight shot through the window like i could still like to pee with the door open i do (laughs) i i like to like well like you know if i've got the water i like to keep the bathroom door open because i've got like the water running to take a shower then i like don't want to steam up the windows so i like to like vent out the place sure that makes sense and but there's like a straight shot from the toilet like to the workers and i i really actually want to do a test with you where maybe i'm like in front of my window and you go across the street <laughs> and you look up at the window and tell me if you can like see me cuz i don't really know if you can see in our windows it'd be so wonderful to know that you can't cuz i love to like exit the shower naked and then like get dressed or i want to be able to walk around my bedroom naked and like not have to have the the windows closed because the whole point of having big windows right. is that like... <laughs> so you can walk around naked and look at the city? and You can look at the city and get some sun, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. I get it. Anyway, but the, this, this hotel, reminds me so much of... Remember when the Standard opened and people were having sex yeah. and it was right about the Highland? But like the Standard was kind of encouraged. Like they loved the pre- the publicity of people well, having I know. sex and whatever. So I wonder if this hotel is the same way, how they, they like kind of like the reputation. What they I, are called the public hotel. The, whoa, that's a good point. What I don't understand is why every single building in the entire world doesn't just make the windows the type where you can't see in. Because who wants to see into someone's house? I do want to see in sometimes. (laughs) But yeah, I like having the choice. Yeah, but you know, but I don't want people to be able to see into my house. Like, I feel like I just don't get why. Why would you have windows that are transparent both ways? Anyway, I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't get but it. But I will say I wouldn't mind living across the street because I think it would be hilarious. But I, you know, I don't have grandchildren. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. We are about to jump into our mailbox to answer your listener questions. But first, let's thank our sponsors. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week? Okay. First up, we have a question from an anonymous listener. The listener writes, a mutual friend introduced me to a guy who lives in Chicago We went to the same college, but he is two years older than me. He came to visit me and took me on a date, and then I drove six hours to see him. We talk every day, but it typically is only through Snapchat. The next time I see him, even though it will only be our third time hanging out, do I ask what he's looking for slash wants from this? I can tell he likes me, but how do I know if he isn't hooking up with other girls in Chicago? I don't know whether to be direct or just keep it casual. Interesting. So she doesn't say where she lives, but I'm assuming it's six hours from Chicago. Yeah, somewhere (laughs) outside of Chicago. Somewhere outside of Chicago. So, okay, so they talk every single day. Mm -hmm. Even though it's only their third time seeing each other, I'm assuming this has been going on for like a little bit. Like 
you know, I I think it's totally fair to ask because yeah. she wants something more. She doesn't want to waste her time driving six. If you're driving six hours to see someone and you're talking to them every day, you definitely can ask what they're looking for. At least she's not even demanding like, hey, you you have to be my, my boyfriend. Right. It's She's, just like, what is this? What is this is a totally fair thing. And I think you can ask in like a fun way, you know, like you could be in a drink, be like, so like, what are we really doing? Like, what is this? Like, yeah. are you, do you want to be serious? Like, cause she, she needs to know, like, does he, does he eventually, if it gets serious, would he want her to move to Chicago? Is that even a possibility? If she has a job where she'll never be able to move and he doesn't want to leave the city, then like, then they kind of knew, no, they should maybe kind of wean off. Yeah, because like I feel like long distance relationships only really work if you have an end game. I mean, and it's like too early, obviously, for them to be talking about that sort of thing. But yeah, if you don't have any plan to ever at any point live in the same place, it's eh, probably a problem. Yeah, and like, and like only even though you've only hung out three times, I would normally tell someone do not ask that question if it's only been three times. But when it's long distance, like three times is a lot. Yeah, that ups the ante. That ups the ante a big time because it means that you're you've already made like a big effort to see each other, and really just the fact that they talk every day, which I honestly don't recommend at the beginning of relationships because I think you want to keep some mystery alive and you want to like wonder what someone's doing. And when you talk every day, like especially throughout the day, then if you actually do get on the phone, you don't have much to talk about because you already know what they've been up to. But I guess it's a little different if they're far away because there already yeah. is some added mystery there because the the excitement that you know you can't see them is a little thrilling and it adds a little a little heightening to the relationship. Right. Yeah. But I will say like it's fine if he does want to keep it casual. Like not everybody is game for a serious long distance thing. But if she's not comfortable with that, she has to be honest with herself and not be like, okay, yeah. I'll just do this thing I don't want to do but and if, hope that it changes. Exactly. But if she's worried about it being too soon to ask him what he wants from this, I vote for it's not too soon. When when you're driving six hours to see someone, you can totally ask what they want from this. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. So let us know what happens. Yes. Okay. Second question from a listener who goes by the nickname Friendship Struggle Bus. Love the nickname. Which I like um, Friendship Struggle Bus. Writes. I have a guy friend whom I tried to unfriend because I learned he's kind of lame after getting to know him. I recently, <laughs> I know, good move. It happens. Some people suck. Some people you get to know them, they're not as, they're, they're uh, not They're as, lame. They're lame. They're not as nice as you thought. So she says, I recently reconnected with him when we ran into each other at an event and I've met two of his female friends, both of whom I adore and we get along so well. I'd like to be friends with them, but that means he's usually around since they're housemates. (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. How do I nurture the friendships with the ladies without continuing to see him and making him the fourth wheel? He's cool enough, but doesn't really add anything to my life. But then again, I never would have met those other girls without him. Okay. This is what I I think I have a friend who recently got mad at me for hanging out with friends she introduced me to, which oh. I think is the dumbest shit ever. Because first of all, she would have never met like half of her friends without me. <laughs> regardless, way, regardless, regardless, I I view friendship as friendship is like this like cyclical, like always moving thing, and you meet people through other people, and some people connect more than you connect with others, and it's like very fluid, and you connect with these friends. First, of, do not feel necessarily indebted to him for introducing you to these 
two girls, okay? You've been perfectly nice to him. It doesn't sound like you've been mean, which is like the right route to take. But if someone, if you don't really enjoy being around somebody, you have no pressure to like have to be around them. Just keep it nice and cordial. So, because if you get in a fight, then you got a whole bunch of hot mess. I would say keep it. I've been in a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. where like I want to hang out with like a couple housemates and like maybe not another. So you just keep it cordial with the one that's like not adding as much to your life. And then I've and then you start to like ask like more like one-on-one the other people. Right. And you just do like smaller one-on-one things. It gets awkward if they're like, "Oh, can we bring that person?" And in that case, say, "Yeah, sure." Because right. it's, it sounds like he's not like that horrible right you know? but it helps that they're ladies and you're a lady so it's kind of like you could do girly things maybe maybe like send an email that's like girls movie night right that's yeah. what i do a lot no boys allowed yeah it's like hey like want to have like a girls a girls movie night and and then uh and then yeah put that in the, like the email or the text chain like hey let's do like a girls movie night and like there's like a cute movie or like like I do like girls ceramic nights, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And my therapist always used to say like when you're trying to make new friends, it's helpful to like already have a thing that you're doing and invite them along to that. Like I'm doing this cool thing. Do you want to come? Oh, so that's it's a like great tactic. less pressure on them. It's not like it's like dependent on them coming. It's like this is happening. You should come with me. You know, I did that yesterday. I was like, hey, there's this like party at the farm. If you guys want to come, I sent it to eight friends. Nobody came. So I went alone. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it works. <laughs> but sometimes it works. <laughs> but I went with my dog. So it was still Aww. nice. <laughs> uh, nobody came. <laughs> Well, maybe if you do something more fun than the farm. I guess. No, but it was like a party to farm in Williamsburg. And it was like, no, that does sound fun. It was really cool. It wasn't like a farm upstate where you had to like go really far. It was cool. Whatever. People were busy. So half the people didn't be right back. Look, I'm having, I'm on, I'm also on the friendship struggle bus, apparently. Everybody hop on. Everyone hop on. Um, All yeah. Right. All right. Well, I hope that's helpful. <laughs> I hope so. Struggle B. Struggle B. Uh, yeah. Let us. People like Alyssa's like, you should not be <laughs> giving, giving advice. us advice. For the <laughs> you fr- have no friends. For the friendship struggle bus, B. No, but I do like girls movie nights a lot and people do show up. Yes. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'll do like, I think I said before, like on another podcast, I like doing ceramics. So I'll be like, hey, I'm going to be painting ceramics on Friday. And like, and truly I will go by myself if nobody comes. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes people come. Sometimes I still go alone. All right. If you want your listener questions answered or if you have some funny text messages that you want to share, you can email us at contact at this is why you're single show.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at this is why you're single show.com. Now let's dive in to our reason of the week. This week's reason is some people are just good on paper. I remember going out with so many people. This one guy in particular, he like loved art. We would go to like museums together. He went to Harvard. He was super cute, like stereotypical, like cute, but there was just like no chemistry there. And they were like, oh, like, why are you guys dating? And we would like hang out and like we'd buy each other books. And like it was, we had like a really sweet friendship, but we never even ended up kissing. Like there was just zero chemistry, but he was looked so good on paper that all I could say was he looks so good on paper and he is a good person, like checks every box, but it's just not there. Sometimes the chemistry is... Is not there. And I feel like when that happens, you start to be like, what's wrong with me? Like, why do I not like this person? But you can't blame yourself for not having chemistry with someone. Like, you can't force 
that or fake that. So if it's if you're not feeling it, it doesn't matter how many boxes they check. I have a friend who I recently went out to drinks with with like a bunch of other friends who are all in couples and she's like the one single friend in the group and she was like talking about her dating life and how like she goes out with all these guys and they're like you know, they seem like the kind of guy she wants to date, but she's just like not feeling it. And then everybody's like, well, just give them another chance. Like, just keep, you know, like maybe like give them a third date or a fourth date. And I was like, you know, everybody shut up, shut up. Stop saying that to her because don't tell her to force a feeling that she's not having. Like I understand giving people a chance, but at a certain point you've given them a chance. You cannot force this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, sometimes like friendships do develop into something long term, but like I hear that honestly, like a little bit like, less often like a lot of times I've had friends they they date guys and they're like oh I wasn't like initially attracted to him but like I'm giving him a chance and like nine out of ten times like they end up breaking up after a few months but I always appreciate when they try because it's good to like try outside of your typical type and all that but sometimes you really just have to chalk it up to like someone is good on paper you should like them they are nice they're cute they check all your boxes but if you're not feeling it you're not feeling it can I also say like I don't want to be like giving like doctoral advice that's like incorrect, but <laughs> okay. I remember reading a study that said that like women who are on like birth control sometimes are attracted to different people than when they get off that birth control because really? it affects your hormones. So like I'm not saying oh. I'm so for birth control, like it's not crazy. Well, you know, I love my IUDs. Sure. Which maybe, is another form of birth control. Yeah, maybe get like the non-hormonal one. But I'm just throwing out this idea. Like sometimes if you're on birth control, it can like affect the people you're attracted to. Google it. It's like a real study. I read it in New York Magazine, I think. I, I'm i willing to believe it. I have not read that. So I'm not co-signing. But hey, yeah. we're, let's all Google it. I would say do your own research. But I read that. It can like, it affects something in your brain or your pheromones or hormones. I don't remember exactly. But that always like freaked me out where I was like, oh my God, imagine if you've been on birth control for like your entire relationship with someone and then you get off it and you're like attracted to a different person. But maybe if you think you like should be attracted to these people and you're not, like chemistry is the same as like pheromones, right? Yeah. It's all science words. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> it's like the same, t- <laughs> it's like the same type of stuff. And you know, you're, you just, just an idea, just an idea I'm throwing out that like sometimes the, Stuff you're putting in your body might be affecting your chemistry. It's a theory. It's a theory that I have. It's a theory that I just came up with on the spot (laughs) that I'm throwing out there. All right. We're going to explore this looking, you know, people that are only looking good on paper a little more in our Reason of the Week breakdown. So we all have a list of dream qualities that we are looking for in a partner, but sometimes there are just other factors that turn a catch into a throwback in the ocean. <laughs> it's a little fishing humor. <laughs> um, we figure out what some of those factors are in a game we call Would, Would you, you Rather? Okay. This is like a standard game of Would You Rather. Are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. Okay, Laura, Would You Rather... Date a guy who has a great sense of humor but has cheese doodles for fingers. All right. Or a guy who makes a lot of money but keeps pet mice in his bed. Uh, definitely a guy who makes a lot of money and keeps pet mice in his bed because I have come around on my fear of mice. I don't like stray ones that possibly have like diseases, but oh mice God. But mice are really cute. So if it was a pet mice, mice are super cute. Have you ever actually looked at a mice? Rat? If you had said rat, then mm-hmm. I would be going with cheese doodle fingers because like... <laughs> 
<laughs> while I may be on my, I'm also on my like my health craze right now, so I wouldn't be caught dead like eating cheese doodles, but they are good. Anyways, very easy. I have no problem with the pet mice in the bed. Wow. Mice, are, mice are cute as hell. Wow. Okay. All right. They kind of creep me out. They're, they are cute, but I wouldn't want to sleep with them, but this is your journey. My journey. Okay. Would you rather date a guy who loves to travel but has back hair so long that it is in dreadlocks or date a guy who is down to earth but collects dead animals for his taxidermy collection? Mm, okay. Let me think about this. I think that I would go with the down to earth guy with all the dead animals. Me too. Um, you know, I don't really want to see the process of him turning it into the tax. I don't want to see a pre-taxidermy. Yeah. But I can live with like a old crow staring at me, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm like not on board with like taxidermy really or killing any animals at all. Well, they're like dead already. Are they? Oh, okay. Then no problem. Actually, I, I don't know. Maybe some people hunt and then taxiderm the animals. But I know that there was like a, a wave of people in New York who like there's like classes on taxidermy and they like literally go around like parks and stuff and look for dead animals. Oh, and fucking then, gross. Yeah. It's, you know, I wouldn't do it, but. All right. Okay. Um, what's next for me? Okay, would you rather date a guy who is close with his family, but his family are a literal pack of wolves, or date a guy who gives a lot to charity, but the charity is actually just a fund to encourage Justin Bieber to restore his canceled tour dates? Okay, this is easy also. I I really love people that like donate to charity, but not this charity. And I am very close with my family, so I would like someone who's close with their family, and I have no problem with a pack of wolves because... <laughs> I love dogs and dogs are wolves and I call my dog a wolf child. So like I would totally love to get to know his family that's a pack of wolves. You would have a lot in common. Yeah. All right. I actually agree with you there. I would I would love to meet your wolf family. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather date a guy who's a feminist but repeatedly self-congratulates or oh, kind of like uh, on a, the, the a, curvy a, the curvy that we did on the last episode? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah curvy curvy wife guy all right uh would you like to date a feminist who repeatedly self-congratulates or date a guy who throws great parties but his breath smells like dog food oh my gosh um oh man this is hard this one's this hard. is hard because they're both kind of shitty awful um you know i'm gonna go with the the feminist who self-congratulates i would just be like tone it down but i like where you're at okay yeah all right, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, I think I, the dog food breath would get yucky. Yeah, it couldn't kiss. No. Okay, final. Even though I'll let my dog kiss me when she has her beef breath. <laughs> but that's different. To be fair, Sam eats much higher quality dog food than than most. Yeah, she eats. It's you know her dog food's actually tested on humans. <laughs> tested as in they can just like eat it because it's normal human food. Yeah, basically, it's called the farmer's dog. They're not a sponsor on our podcast, but I would like them to be, <laughs> and I could not give my praise enough toward the farmer's dog it's a subscription service check it out hmm. all right nice little plug there <laughs> um all right final round laura would you rather date a guy who has an artistic side but expresses it via color by number pages that he hangs on your fridge or a guy who is really hot but refers to large coffees as ventis even when he's not at starbucks oh that is an insufferable <laughs> trait um hmm I would have to go with hot guy that refers to coffees as ventis because you know what maybe he's Italian and like and like he, and he or he speaks Italian and I I love like I love people that are bilingual and I've gotten very 
if you follow me on Instagram, my Instagram stories, I love my, I, I'm like very into like design right now for mm-hmm. like my house. So like color by number pages on my fridge would just not be doing it right now because my places I'm looking, it's looking mighty impeccable lately. Wow. What about if they came from your child? Oh, that'd be fine. That'd be okay. cute. All I right. love my kid. I would love my kid. <laughs> oh. All right. Guys, the point is, is that some people are good on paper, but there's no chemistry and you got to just make a choice. Yeah. You got to make a choice. <laughs> Sometimes they could have good qualities, but there, there's something that tips you off and you're like, uh, you know what? I'm not feeling it. Dog breath. Yeah. Not yeah. feeling it. Dog breath. All right. We hope that was helpful. We hope we've cleared up this week's reason because that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook on Audible. Uh, you can also get hooked up with discounts from our sponsors. For a full list of our sponsors and the codes, check out our podcast page on thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Your Single Show. Please, please, please like and subscribe on iTunes. Say nice things because we like to read them. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>